Hello and welcome to Series 3 of Stories from the Pack uh, by Wolves Fancast. Following the fantastic works that Hoops did um, on the first two seasons, um, I'm Richard. For anyone who's not heard me before, I'd be very surprised, but um, I've sort of taken on uh, Hoops' mantle from it. Joining us to start Series 3, we're joined by former Olympic gymnast, uh, gymnast and, well, Wolverhampton, Christian Thomas. Christian. How are you doing? Uh, how are you finding the latest lockdown? I'm, I'm all good, thank you. Not too bad. It's uh, well, uh, yeah, we're in just a weird situation, aren't we, at the minute? I mean, it's not ideal by any means, but um, pairing through it, family and sort of wife and sort of everyone close to me is still healthy and doing okay, which is the main thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to get back into the world a little bit now, sort of working from home as well most of the week, and then limited time outside and just all the restrictions that are in place, it, it, it certainly takes its toll. But I have to say, generally, it's, it's been okay. Um, it's just me and my wife living where we live and we tend to work one upstairs, one downstairs, so at least we don't annoy each other too much in the daytime on work calls and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think we, yeah, I think in comparison maybe to most work, we're doing okay. Yeah, no, I can, I, I can completely emphasise with that, especially, you know, working from home with multiple people and, you know, especially if you're someone who likes to be very active and get outside a lot. Uh, yeah, being stuck inside essentially seven days a week at the moment isn't uh, isn't particularly great. But, um, uh, well, for me anyway, at least we've got football, uh, which is what we're sort of primarily going to chat about today. So uh, for anyone new to Stories from the Past, um, what we're kind of doing with this series is just chatting to fan, fans of the club um, and just sort of seeing where that kind of passion came from, a few memories, and really just highlights sort of what it means to be a Walsam, really. Um, so I, I guess if we kind of roll back almost to the beginning, really, and sort of what are your first sort of memories of, I guess, being a Wolves fan, or was it very much from day one? Was it sort of from parents, or it's something you sort of picked up sort of being locally? Uh, I think for me, it was probably something I picked up being locally. Um, uh, my family aren't necessarily a, a big sort of football fan. Um, I guess my dad, he's sort of born bred Wolverhampton as well. He's from Parkfield, so always been in Wolverhampton area, mm-hmm. uh, but never again been a, a sort of massive football fan. Um, my mom, her sort of, um, she was, I guess, born um, Birmingham sort of area, Aston. Um, so her, her sort of parents were sort of immigrants from Ireland and they settled in Birmingham. So they were sort of a little bit, I guess, Villa fans. Um, and then they sort of moved over to Canuck area. So, yeah, as I say, it wasn't necessarily... Uh, I think something that was born into anything like that. I think it's just, you know, your surroundings, your environment um, from Wensfield in Wolverhampton. So um, went to school in Wolverhampton as well, primary and secondary. So I think it, it was just a natural kind of progression, a natural thing and a natural step. Um, I had an older brother as well who, who wasn't necessarily, again, massively into football. He was more sort of martial arts and he did a bit of gymnastics with me as well. But um, he, he, you know, as I said, he, he sort of preferred other sports really. So Again, I wouldn't say it was, it was a massive thing. Um, it helped as well. I, I played football when I was younger. Um, just It was sort of the, the Bilston League. Um, okay. You know, sort of in, in primary school. I used to play for a team called Springvale. So uh, that was sort of way back when. And, and again, the, so you're naturally surrounded by sort of people and friends and classmates who, who were involved in football. It was, you know, football was the most important thing at the playground in primary school. Um, yeah. nothing else mattered it, it, it was kind of the game at lunchtime that was what it was all about that was the most important thing and you'd wolf your, your lunch down just so you could get out there 
uh, as soon as yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much so again it was it was something that I guess I just progressively just got into and I always enjoyed the game playing it personally um and then when I got a little bit older and the gymnastics got more serious I, I guess I kind of had to sort of put it on the back burner for a bit um yeah it, you know it was I got to a sort of level where even by sort of under 12s I was um selected for the Great Britain team for gymnastics so Again, that meant gymnastics got very serious at a young age. Um, and that meant uh, ultimately I, I had to stop playing football because if I got injured, then I was in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and it's the time commitment as well for it. And I mean, I know people who played football at, you know, not even a high level, but you think Saturday afternoon leagues, if, you, if you're playing a decent level of football, you can't go in, you can't go down to the Molyneux or you can't go wherever and, um, you know, I, I find it fascinating because for me, and I, I, I appreciate I'm saying this to a, a, a former, as I say, athlete, that the Midlands in particular is a very much a, it's a one sport region. It is football, especially in the black country. You know, there's, there's not a professional cricket team. There's not a professional rugby team knocking about. It is, you know, it, football is the popular and the most common recreational activity, especially for boys. And even now, um, and say it's almost what you kind of grow up doing. And it's almost very different if you're not doing that to a certain degree. And you say it almost just ingrains into you. And even if you're not a huge fan, you're still a supporter, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, my, my brother's never been a, a, a football fan, um, actively, um, passionate about not being a football fan but you know I know that since he sort of moved away from the region for him if anyone sort of said oh you, you know where are you from or whatever or saying what team you support he will just go oh, I'm a Wolves fan because it's it's, yeah. it's sort of just culturally just <laughs> one of them isn't it uh, d- definitely and uh, and I guess I relate to that massively even more so now when I guess I was traveling a little bit more as a gymnast before and and uh, I would, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to do a lot of traveling as part of the sport. And if I said I was from Wolverhampton and, and generally people say, OK, what football team's that? Um, because they would know football. And that was yeah. kind of the, the, the link between the two almost. Uh, and I would say Wolves and until those in the Premier League, they, they didn't really know um, where that was or who that was or what that meant. Um, so, but now, sort of a lot further down the line, so when I go abroad now or on holiday or, or whatever, and that question's asked. Everybody knows who Wolves is now, um, and that's yeah. just having a, you know a couple of consecutive seasons in the Premier League and doing well, and and Europe as well. So it it just shows you know it, it, I think everyone does exactly what you just said. Then um, even whether they're football fans or not, it, it's kind of oh yeah, I'm from Wolverhampton. You support Wolves. It's kind of just how it has been. Um, and I guess also going back a little bit earlier as well, I, I sort of remember when I was trying to balance the two of playing football and then also. Mm gymnastics before I, I had to sort of call it time I remember doing sort of training for football Saturday morning and then going straight to gymnastics training Sunday morning was the game and then straight to gymnastics training but so that my gymnastics coaches wouldn't find out I'd been playing football I used to have to in the car get baby wipes and a cloth wiped it all my legs then. um so just leave zero evidence of mud um on me so that then I could get to the gymnastics training no one you know wouldn't be any wiser or know any different and and that was sort of like a a secret between me and my dad for many many years (laughs) oh fantastic (laughs) I'm just imagining you sort of just making sure you can get it all off just before you can get in the gym absolutely (laughs) good good job logistics (laughs) 
<laughs> I was going to say it's a military operation having to do things like that. Um, I, I guess sort of what are your sort of first memories of Wolves? Do you, you know, for me, it sounds stupid, but I remember sort of, I, I don't quite remember the first game I went to, but I remember sort of seeing bits and bobs on TV. And I remember um, almost that first kit. I think I must have got it when I was about eight or nine. It was where it had all the sort of walls in different hexagonal things. I had no concept of any of the players or anything like that. That kind of came a few years later for me. Um, but what sort of your initial, I guess, first memory of as walls as a concept, really? Um, I remember my first game that I went to. I was probably about yeah. eight, seven or eight, I reckon, at the time. Um, ironically, it wasn't actually my very first football match I'd been to um, okay. my, because my, my older cousin and my uncle, they were season ticket holders at uh, Man United. And right. as a little boy, they kind of took me and my brother to United game. And, you know, that, so that was actually my very first uh, experience of a live football match was going to Old Trafford. Um, and then the year later, then I, I, we, I went to a Wolves game with my dad and my, my older brother. Um, I remember it, it was a baking hot day right at the start of the of the league. So it must have been probably 97 around that sort of time. Yeah. Um, and we were playing Berry. Um, okay. So that's yeah. how, how sort of long ago we were going back. I was going to uh, say, yeah. And we, we won. It was a, you know, it was a great game. I think it was 4-2 or something like that. It was quite a few goals scored. Um, and I just remember having a great time. Like my brother had his face painted and it, it was just, you know, it was just a good day. Um, and so that was, I guess, probably my, um, yeah, my very first sort of experience of a Wolves game. And um, and I guess it probably just grew from there a little bit then, really. And to be honest, I never really had many opportunities to go watch Wolves play because of training commitments, competition yeah. commitments. They were always, weekends were already completely taken up. And uh, even middle of the week, I was, you know, as even from, so primary school, I was training 15 plus hours a week. So I couldn't even go to no midweek games or so it was, it wasn't until I got older and until um, I was a little bit more established in my gymnastics that I could, you know, take time a bit more away and, and go watch some of the games and things like that. Um, so, yeah, but that's for me is, is, is probably where it all started that, that game right there. No, I mean, that, that's sort of very interesting because it's a relatively similar time to when I kind of started supporting the club a, a couple of years later and I remember my first game I think it was a mate of mine was a mascot and I'm a, I must have been to one a couple of weeks beforehand almost as a dummy run uh, to make sure I enjoyed it but it, it was against Tranmere and so you saying Berry it's just like it, it's so crazy to think that not too long ago I like to think not too long ago I'm now thinking it's about best part of 20 years or so ago but you know we've gone from playing the likes of Tramia, Stockport, uh, Berry, to you know every other week playing the likes of Man United or Liverpool and that I guess that change in the club and the culture of the uh, of you know the teams changed so much I guess in you know our, our lifetimes. Oh definitely without a doubt and I guess even that particular season, actually, I'm, I'm sure we had a really good um, FA Cup run, and I think we got to the semi-finals the semi-final against Arsenal. Year, yeah. Um, and again, I think that was probably the first time I'd ever seen Wolves on TV. Uh, yeah. To that because you know they weren't in the Premier League, so getting sort of TV coverage back then it, it was it was non-existent of the match of the day, and even then that's that's the Premier League, so um, you just never really had that opportunity. Um, and so again, just seeing them on television playing for the first time, I think that was. Um, just kind of probably solidified it a little bit more for me. Uh, but then just going back to what you were saying around, you know, where they were then perhaps sort of, 
20 odd years ago to, to where we are now is, is just incredible. Um, and it's incredible to, I guess, as a fan to go on that journey with them. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go watch them in Europe at Molyneux. Um, sort of only, what was it, last season? And that's, yeah. again, that's just a, an incredible sort of feeling as a Wolves fan to be able to do that. Yeah, I think um, I, whenever sort of I, I, I kind of do a couple of interviews with a podcast as well on occasion, and, you know, it's always, well, would you prefer a league run or a cup run? And I would say to him is, you know, football's all about memories, isn't it? And, you know, Europe's a primary example of that is we won't really remember Wolves finishing seventh in the Premier League in ten, five, ten years' time. We'll remember playing Besiktas. We'll remember playing Espanyol. And I think those are those are sort of the moments that you hang on to as a fan. And they're what is a, you know, whether it's from your first game and you saw Wolves win, score two goals. For me, I think one of my first games, I think I saw, uh, you know, a 20-man brawl. And I probably just stood there smiling going, oh, this, is, this seems all right. And I know that it's those things that I think kind of entrap you as a fan to kind of keep coming back time and again. Um, I, I guess sort of it, it's a difficult one, but do you have sort of any favourite memories or moments be, being a fan, whether it's, you know, the, the high profile games of, say, the, the big European ones or, you know, playoff finals or I guess sort of the the little fun moments in between? Um, I, I, for me, probably... Probably the Bratislava game, actually. I know that seems really odd because it's, it wasn't a great game. And I think yeah. we, we won 1-0 and I think Imnes scored pretty late on in the game. But for me, that was the first European game I, I'd been to watch as a Wolves yeah. fan. Um, and, you know, going midweek, going to watch Molyneux, uh, going to the Molyneux, watching Wolves play in Europe on a Thursday night. It was just, you know, that was brilliant. Um And so for me, that's probably up there with, with probably one of the best games that I've, you know, I've been to and, um, and not because of the performance, because I say it wasn't that great, but just because of the memories, as you mentioned, then you, you'll always remember those sort of particular moments. Um, I think the the playoff final, again, you know, I, I, I didn't go down to Cardiff I, um, or wasn't there to watch the game, but you remember the atmosphere in the city after that. Um, yeah. And you remember the, I guess, just how everybody felt around the city and, and kind of how it just gave everyone a little bit of lift and you noticed that uh, and you noticed the flags out the windows and the horns honking and and the flags out the cars and it's those little things, especially as you're growing up, those are the sort of things that you remember. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. It, it's the memories that I guess it creates following your team, following football. Yeah, and it, the, the player final ones are an interesting example because... I say it wasn't almost like this team one, but the city one. And you yeah. feel, and I, I, I don't know, I, I've spent most of my life living in Wolverhampton apart from a couple of years at university. And I'll be fascinated. It must be like that in every other sort of, you know, one club town across the nation. But, you know, you can definitely feel whether it's on a match day or even just a, a Saturday when they're playing away, the difference between when Wolves are in the Premier League and doing well or when they're in the doldrums of the Championship, can't you? And, you know, the, the City almost lives and dies by how well this team does a lot of the time for me. And, you know, the, whether it's the, the playoff finals or I remember, you know, it's a stupid one, but it's when you celebrate a goal, um, you know, when Wolves score, when people are allowed to be in stands and things like that. And, you know, you usually hug, you know, your mate who you go with or whatever like that. But I remember the 
um, quarterfinals against Man United when we got to the semi-finals. And I mean, I'm, I was going to say, I've, I've been pretty like, I, I, I'll give my mate and my mate's dad a hug or whatever we've, we score. I think I hugged everybody within like about a three seat radius of me. Because you say it, it's it's not just about me at that point. It's literally everyone's just high fiving and shaking hands. And you know, I think that's probably one of the best things about supporting a team, especially a I was going to say a local or provincial one for me. Uh, without a doubt, and I think you're spot on with the fact that when it's uh, sort of a one club city, um, it, it means that everybody's behind that team and they probably feel the highs a little bit more, but it also equally means you feel the lows a little bit more. Um, yeah. And I certainly noticed that a lot more when, uh, actually when I sort of my gymnastics, um, I was kind of, I guess, starting to reduce training a little bit. Mm. Um, and I was able to start going to some of the matches on Saturdays and things like that. So it was it was probably around about the 2012 season, which was then when we started to have that <laughs> relegation. The decline, but, yeah. <laughs> and I remember going to about three games and it was like nil-nil back-to-back, all three games. And I thought, geez, what, like, <laughs> what is going on? I've waited all these years to be able to start going tomorrow and you're a little bit more consistently and this is what's happened. Um, <laughs> but having said that, it, it's you know, completely knocked on its head now and gone the other way. So it, it is, you, I think you're spot on now. You... you as the city of Wolverhampton, you you feel it the highs, you feel those lows, and you go through that roller coaster with the club. Yeah, um, I was going to say, interesting, you sort of brought up the lows, uh, and this is probably a perfect one. It, it sort of, I guess, sort of the, the worst moment for you supporting Wolves. I, I say this, you know, off the back of us losing to the Albion a couple of weeks ago, and you know, even about five Wombers. I guess for yourself, do you have sort of a uh, you know, a worst Wolves moment. It could probably very much be that sort of back-to-back relegations. I think generally it probably has got to be that. Just, And I know that's not one specific moment as such. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was probably the first time I was consistently able to go to, to more Wolves games. Um, and so it wasn't great. Like, there's no beat around the bush. Yeah. It, it wasn't great. Um, and... And so that that naturally, I think, going from the Premier League and then all the way through the Championship and then in League One, it's kind of like, oh, well, OK, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but having said that, you know, as you say, you've got to go through the bad patches to appreciate the good times, which is exactly where we're at now. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily change it either. No, a thousand percent. And, you know, that, you know, that sort of couple of seasons, it very much had a, you know, a restart at the end of it and a rebirth. And, you know, you could say that's where we're, you know, we had that, so we're in the position we are now, I guess. And, you know, I, I wouldn't change where we are now for the uh, for the world, really. Um, you know, we've sort of talked briefly, in, um, I guess you say sort of football in the gymnastics community, because I guess sort of the two worlds aren't necessarily combined, so to speak, in sort of a wider remit of things. You know, it's not lots of, you know, cross transferability between the two on the face of it. Um, I guess sort of, was it initially sort of, is there a football following within the gymnastics community? Was that something that kind of, uh, you know, um, brought you guys together? Because I know you competed individually and as a team. Was that something that you kind of had a shared camaraderie with? Or were you sort of very much, not not on your own, so to speak, but were you in a minority being someone who was a, who was a football fan? Um, I guess it was mixed, really. Um, hmm. I guess... You know, my teammates in the, in the gymnastics team, they've dotted from all around the country. So you naturally did have people that supported all different teams. And, and there was a little bit of that, I guess, sort of 
camaraderie and banter just through football. Um, but it wasn't with everyone at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, I had one particular teammate, Daniel Keatings, who, who was a big Liverpool fan. Um, and so you naturally, you know, mine and him conversations would, would naturally sort of mould around football probably more than some of my other teammates. Um, however, that being said, um, you know, we had Arsenal fans, Leeds fans, uh, Liverpool fans, United fans, kind of just throughout, dotted throughout the team. Um, and so it, it was always good to kind of talk through it and, and just having a bit of a, a general conversation. But I probably only say my one teammate who was, who was really into football, uh, probably to the same sort of level as me. Um, and again, having said that, though, the lads were probably more more into FIFA and the tournaments that we'd have oh, okay. away on training camps. Uh, or back in the day, it was Pro Evolution. So it was sort of Pro Evo tournaments back in the day and then sort of developed to FIFA as we got uh, a little bit older and, and the game developed. And it would be all about sort of FIFA tournaments then and we'd sort of team up and, and have sort of uh, tournaments where we went away for competitions and, and training camps, which was which was always pretty cool. It got pretty competitive, pretty serious at times. Uh, there wasn't necessarily anything at stake for the winner or for the loser, but you know, as an athlete, you are competitive in in most fields, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and so, even a game in FIFA can can get pretty competitive. No, I can imagine. Out of curiosity, what what was your go to FIFA team back in the day, or, oh. or were you sort of just kept kept it a bit random? You, to be honest, we tried to go random. Um, yeah, and and you you know you you kind of go a similar sort of level, and then you would end up with teams that you didn't know anything about, or players that you didn't, and then naturally you just look at the team and the bench and put put on the quickest players. And yeah, a thousand percent. It's always yeah. always a fast players, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and then it was either just a through ball or, or ball over the top sort of thing and, and chase sort of thing. So there wasn't much. Uh, tactics or structure to it put it that way it, it was literally yeah random team putting your quickest players and away you go yeah random team four four stars and above anything you can compete on that plane always always a good uh always a good plan for me um i, I guess sort of sort of rounding up so to speak um i, I guess for me and knowing sort of say you've been from Wolverhampton you've traveled i guess over the nation competing over the world competing as well um, what has it sort of meant for you, kind of being a Wolfsound, being sort of from Wolverhampton? Because you know, you, you know, whether it's something I guess you're consciously aware of or not, but you're very much sort of seen a song from the area and almost ambassador for the region. How does that sort of uh, make you feel? Because it, you know, it must sort of fill you with a, a, a sense of pride, I guess. Oh, definitely, without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, the fact that you know, I'm proud to say I'm from Wolverhampton. I'm proud to support wolves are I'm proud to you know I guess try and be as much of an ambassador for the city that I possibly can be um and I I guess what I have noticed sort of over the sort of the past few years the success of the club has has certainly raised the profile of the city um yeah you know even when I was abroad and competing as I mentioned earlier people know who wolves are now that so they know naturally where Wolverhampton is where before I'd have to say I'm from Wolverhampton. Okay, they didn't know that. Okay, it's by, it's by Birmingham. It's by Birmingham, about you know, <laughs> twenty miles north of Birmingham. That sort of, and we'd go about to doing it that way. Um, where now, because of the success of the club, it, it's naturally had a knock-on effect and helped raise the profile of the city, which is, you know, it's brilliant thing. Um, and then naturally, I guess just through my gymnastics and the success I had with that, I, w- I was proud to do that. You know, through through my sport and I guess some of the stuff that I did as well. So it was, um, yeah, it, it's probably something I've never really given it too much thought of. I guess it's, 
it's just something that you you naturally do and you naturally want to do and you naturally want to I guess you know just try and put Wolverhampton not on the map because that's not what the idea is but just to I guess showcase it a little bit and and be proud of that um, and as I mentioned my family's from Wolverhampton as well and I guess it, it's always nice to hear um, of what's going on and and success stories and things like that so yeah it's something hopefully I can continue to do. No, a thousand percent, and uh, you know, I think I probably speak for pretty much everyone from Wolverhampton that it doesn't always get the greatest reputation for for people outside the region. But there's so many fantastic things that go on in here, and people who sort of have you know been successful like yourself, and we kind of showcasing you know what what this city is all about. Um, I, I guess sort of before we kind of wrap up, sort of a how you sort of finding sort of walls at the moment in terms I you know sort of talked about almost the last sort of 20 odd years of supporting them and the ups and downs you know we won't sort of do a sort of a full analysis because you can listen to that on our next podcast coming out on Saturday just for a small plug but um yeah um what sort of think of the team at the moment um I, I think you know I'm by no means any football expert so I think you, you, of, you're talking to an amateur football podcast here, <laughs> Christian. You're, you're in good company. Um, I, I think, to be honest, the sort of form that we've hit, I, I think it was probably coming anyway. If you sort of look from the start of the season, even the end of last season, and and how we were performing, and probably the injury to Jimenez was more of a catalyst um, as opposed to it being because of Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, Having said that, actually, I watched the Chelsea game and again, it wasn't necessarily the most exciting game, but they did the job that they had to do. And for the first time, I looked at the start line, looked at the bench and thought, OK, that looks, you know, it looks healthy. Yeah, um, it looks like we're in a better position. So I'm kind of fingers crossed now that we can just crack on a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've seen plenty of sort of comments and social media and stuff like that. And I think people are just very quick to jump on the negativity um, mm. around performances not being great. Uh, but I think we have to be realistic as well in kind of the, such a short space of time where we've been and where we are now um, and really take that into consideration. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you kind of got to have the bad times to appreciate the good times and sitting as a, I suppose, a, an older Wolves fan, you kind of accept that a little bit more and you've so seen it you've, you've seen you've seen it haven't you in a way yeah exactly yeah. and so these little blips I'm, I'm not massively concerned in all honesty I, you know as I mentioned I see comments around being pulled into a relegation battle and things like that I honestly don't believe that will be the case I think we'll uh, I think we've got enough in the tank to turn it around a little bit I don't think it's going to be quite the success of last season or even the season before that uh, finishing seventh but I think um, I think we'll be fine and I have full faith and full trust in Nuno uh, and actually quite timely, I guess, just, um, you know, just the, the, well, yesterday, I guess it was announced, wasn't it, sort of committed yeah. 250000 of his own money to help sort of poverty within Wolverhampton. Um, what a guy, what a guy. <laughs> I know, like, it, it's... All football aside, what a guy. I know, like, it, it's something, the way I kind of see it is it, it's not something he had to do. There, there was no like external pressure, and you know the, the foundation obviously does a great job as well. I think, you know, I think they've sort of raised about half a million, sort of you know fifty percent of it, say, from his own money. And you know, he's had a tough spell the last twelve months. Um, you know, it's not been all bad, but it, you know, there's been sort of a tricky patch for the last couple of months in particular, and it could have been very easy for him to batten down the hatches, but to kind of do that uh, donation. I guess for, you say for the city, 
you know, it only embeds him further into what we do. And, you know, I'm I'm realistic as well. So I don't think he'll necessarily be here forever and, you know, have a 25 year period, but he's gone from being someone I think Wolves fans will always respect to as a football manager to being someone who I think everyone will respect as a man when he ever leaves the club. And I think, you know, we talk about sort of people being an ambassador for a city, you know, for him, it doesn't matter if he's from Portugal, like he is a person of Wolverhampton now for me. Um, Absolutely. You know, he's doing great things for the city, not just through football, but in other means as well now. Yeah, exactly. So if we we can start picking up more wins, but uh, that's uh, that's his job. I'm confident that's coming. Me too, to be fair. I think sort of hopefully now we've got a um, new striker and hopefully that's the sort of things out. Interestingly, um, you know, you talked about sort of us going through a bad patch. I'm just kind of curious from, I guess, from your your past experiences as an Olympic athlete, do you kind of view that differently in a way? Because you, you always seem sort of very relaxed about it and I don't think that's a bad take anyway, but do you sort of take that from someone who has performed so to speak on, on a big stage for you know that compartmentalizing look it's not going right but you know the refocus realign and go again yeah perhaps i guess i've probably never really gave it much thought in that sense but um you know i mean I've you could just be to... a rational football fan so <laughs> you know it's one or the other <laughs> well i guess you know i've been in, in the best physical psychological shape that i can possibly go be in and then absolutely bomb out in a competition and really scratch my head as to why and try and understand that process. Um, and so I, you know, I, I do get that sport. It's got a certain level of unpredictability to it. You can't always have the success. You can put lots of processes in place, lots of interventions in place, you know, train hard, um, prepare in the best possible way, but sometimes sport does not go the way you want it to. Um, and so I guess I've certainly learned from that firsthand and, I guess as long as you can kind of reflect on that and really try and break down the reasons behind it, um, and if possible, you know, then try and, I guess, just analyse it a little bit further and put, you know, implement things in place just to to prevent it from happening again. Then that's what sport's all about. That's what it's all about, learning from your mistakes, carrying on, and then um, trying to rectify those mistakes in the future. Um, And I certainly went through that as an athlete. I had, you know, consecutive sort of runs, perhaps, of bad competitions and, that does knock your, your personal confidence of competing. Um, and, it, you know, it's speaking from experience, I remember having competing at sort of world championships, having a real bad competition. Um, in, and then the next one was another big competition, again, not doing too great. And my confidence at that point just felt pretty much shattered. And I couldn't really work out why preparation was going well, training was going well, but it just wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And um, it took sort of me going to, a competition in, I think yeah, it was Russia, which was yeah, sort of 18th of December. So it was absolutely freezing out there. Didn't want to be there anyway. Um, it was just not a nice environment to be competing in, but kind of just to compete at a lower level again and just kind of get my confidence back and, mm. and go through that process. And then from then on out, it was fine. And, you know, the Olympics the following year was a great success, European champs and so on. So, yeah, you certainly have to be able to ride that wave within sport. Um and there's many different ways that you can ride that way. But I think in football, the, the natural sort of reaction of a fan is to, to either blame the manager or blame the amount of money in the game or, you know, those sort of things. But to be honest, that doesn't always play a part. Um, it's sometimes it, you just have to accept that you're not going to win everything. You're not going to win every game. 
No, well, you know, I, I've always sort of taken the viewpoint, you know, once I kind of calmed down, that there's 11 other players who on, on that football pitch who don't want you to win. And it, it can be really easy to forget that sometimes, uh, as you say, sort of when you get sort of so deeply ingrained and passionate about wanting to see Wolves win. But, you know, there, there's another team out there who's, you know, have got thousands of fans and, you know, players who want to do the exact opposite. And, you know, it can be kind of quite difficult to... Uh, to process that. Um, I think I've said sort of before we wrap up about three times now, but sort of the very, very last one um, is sort of, I guess, sort of yourself personally now and kind of what you're up to. I'm right in thinking you're now um, working alongside the British Athlete Commission. Is that right? Yes. Yep. That's the one. So um, I work for the British Athletes Commission. So I work with all the athletes um, across all Olympic, Paralympic, winter and summer um, games, um, which is brilliant because you know my whole career was as a gymnast and quite siloed into that. Where now I get to speak and engage with athletes from all different walks of life and all different sports, which is incredible. Um, and so I've been doing that for a sort of uh, eight. Well, no, actually, not. I think it's about fourteen months now, so not okay. too long. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it and really enjoying, I guess, being on the other side a little bit. Um, yeah, it's more of a sports administration type role, but but equally. It's, just being involved in sport. I think that's kind of what I want. And you can't be an athlete forever. Uh, and likewise with coaching, I thought, well, if I ever want to get into it, I can probably, that knowledge will always be there. So I can come back into it. Should I choose? Uh, but I think it was important for me to, you know, try the things in between that. So that's something that I'm doing at the minute. And then um, a few other bits and bobs as well with, with uh, trying to stay engaged with gymnastics and, and things like that, just because, you know, the sport has, has given me so, so much. And I, I want to be able to, to give back and help raise the profile of, of the gymnastics um, as much as I possibly can, really. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Christian. It's been great to have you on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, catch up again soon. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on. And likewise, catch you soon. Big thank you once again to Christian there for joining us for the latest season of Stories from the Pack. Um, we're really looking forward to bringing you um, the rest of the series on a regular basis. It's something we really enjoy doing. Um, at the fancast um be sure to check out all our other recent pods we're doing a podcast after every game at the moment where we're breaking down uh what's happened and hopefully uh sooner rather than later we'll be able to analyze the wolves win be also sure to check out our youtube channel where we're uploading lots of content at the moment from our post-match reactions as well as uh, clips from the podcast as well and glee's tactical analysis as well uh, make sure you're following us on twitter facebook and instagram you search wolves fancast you'll find us soon enough on there big thank you as well to our sponsors pixel yeti media for any of your website or marketing needs make sure you go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com until next time see you then especies más peculiares del mundo latino es el Padreus Protectorus que vive colgado encima de sus hijos como un koala. Vamos contigo por si le pasa algo a tu auto. Mamá, voy a estar bien. Pero este instinto sobreprotector se está extinguiendo porque State Farm está ahí las 24 horas y los necesitas. Así que los padres finalmente están soltando a sus hijos a la naturaleza. Nos mandas fotos. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Llama para obtener una cotización hoy.